Levi Davison is a flow artist based out of Kansas City, and I'm happy to consider him a friend of mine. This episode was long because we continually had more topics to discuss. Please let us know what your favorite part of the episode was or anything that you'd like to see from us in the future. That could be artists that you'd like to see us get on the podcast or different topics that you'd like to see us discuss. This is already the fifth episode and we still have so many more artists to talk to. Welcome to the podcast and enjoy the episode, my friends. What's up, Levi? Thank you so much for joining us for the fifth episode of the podcast. You've been supporting the podcast since the very first episode, so I'm really excited to have you on, man. Thank you. No, thank you for inviting me on. I'm actually really excited about this aspect of discussion. <laughs> I feel like the main thing that I could do is just nerd out talking about flow and poi forever, and I don't have those people to do that with. So this is really cool to talk and listen to other people have those discussions. Perfect. Sounds like you're the ideal guest to have on with us. So again, I really appreciate it. Um, we can get right into it. So for everyone that doesn't know about you, um, tell us what year you got started and how you were introduced. So I actually started spinning glow, glow sticks before Poi, and that was in 2005. And it actually came along after I started skateboarding and then found a group of people that actually spun glow sticks and there was only three of them but that kind of <laughs> and i fell in love with it for a similar reason as uh, skateboarding the whole music aspect the freestyling of it and lack of wow <laughs> so 2005 man i mean that that is not a lot of people have started that early and are still active so props to you man that's amazing um it's funny you mentioned skateboarding because Joey was a big skateboarder as well, and he, he got into Poi and felt a lot of similar ways about being into Poi as he did skateboarding, so that's a funny little little comparison. I feel like, um, I feel like there's a lot yeah. of similarities in the way that you manipulate a prop, and we didn't really realize that a skateboard was a prop, maybe, at the point in time, but I think back to it now, I was like, ah, oh, dude. It makes so much that sense. is a really <laughs> funny comparison for sure so when you started back then um who are some artists that really inspired you and that you looked up to so uh obviously we're going to be talking about a couple glow stringers when we're going to talk about early inspirations because i didn't even know about poi i didn't spin poi until 2018 was when i bought my wow. first set so a long wow. time later but I was never like training for 15 years on my skills or anything. It was more of a, a personal hobby and I played sure. with it, enjoyed doing it. But it wasn't until I found kind of the flow scene that I was like, oh, there's a lot of people that do this and there's frameworks and people teach and learn together. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a huge amount of time, 2005 to 2018, that you were doing uh, glow stringing and then got into poi. So when you got into poi, um, how soon after that did you start spinning fire and start getting like into contact boy? So um, I actually spun fire in 2008. So after I'd been spinning glow sticks for like three years, fire boy existed. It's been around forever. I bought a set of chains, probably off mm -hmm. of Homa boy, some like cathedral, real cruddy. Thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> I do like the yeah. 3D. Yeah, the like, quad cathedral and chain days. <laughs> 
I could do like some some weaves and uh, like you know the infinite orbital type thing on chains, but after spinning them like three or four times, I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I didn't like it. It's not yeah. the same at all. <laughs> I will never go back to chains. And shout out to the people that are still rocking chains, but I can't do it. I'm out. You know, I, I got Respect. some really nice tethers, and then I I will never go back. So, um, <laughs> so when you were Getting started into Poi, um, what was the first Flow Arts Festival that you attended, and which one was it? Um, Equilibrium in 2019 was nice. my first Flow Arts Festival. Um, yeah, I've been to some smaller festivals before, and I've been to like regular big EDM festivals. Of course, people flow there, but it wasn't right. flow centric. And you know, you might hang out with someone for 30 seconds until they move off to their next thing. But that was really the majority of my interaction with other people before then i really got to make it out to equilibrium it's an it's a festival that i just see well, it's so cool i really got to make it out. i uh, i don't know if it's on the charts yet <laughs> it's so uh, cool. they're they're definitely not going to have it at the same venue so they have to have it at a different location and mm. then that's a whole nother thing so we might not have it this year maybe next year um to be determined I say we because I'm in Kansas, so nice. Equilibrium was kind of a Kansas uh, festival. That's really cool. Yeah, we. I definitely want to make it out to either uh, this year or next year, whenever it happens. So that's definitely on the on the docket. So, um, yeah, I mean, on the subject of Equilibrium, you did uh, some of the battle performance or the the battle like the the poi battle. So. Tell us how that experience was for you, because it always just looks so cool every time I see it, man. It's so awesome. Uh, so I'm actually a lot more shy, and I have a lot more stage fright than you'd think. Um, going back to kind of glow stringing, actually, uh, I started in 2005, and in 2006, I won my school's talent show. Glow no stringing. way. Yeah, and it was kind of like me trying to put myself out there and on a stage. Um I had done like choir and stuff before. I was just never like super great at being in front of people, but that was a big like confidence booster. And I didn't do anything performance wise really until like the battles at Equilibrium. And I didn't know what I was signing up for. I thought we were just <laughs> out there having fun. And then I realized that it's kind of like a gala thing and everybody's watching you. And I was like, great. And I'm <laughs> first. <laughs> oh my God. First or second person to go well dude you killed uh, it you I killed see. it this well, this performance <laughs> that you did was so good man so this was last year the 2022 one uh here so i i got to do it a second time mm -hmm. uh, in 2019 i went out in the first round i was up against like a liquid dancer mm -hmm. and i was like so hyped by his dancing i think i kind of gave him the vote <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so funny <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. Nice, man. So, um, yeah, these these again, these battles are really cool. And there's kind of a lot of discussion about, you know, flow arts is not a competition. And like, I agree. And dancing isn't necessarily a competition either. Right. It is an art form. But at the same time, it can there be. And dance battles can be a really fun part of trying to push yourself. And it's a performance and it's the energy is really fun. So um yeah i've just been really excited to see somebody doing it and um yeah i mean it just looks like a lot of fun there's so many diverse artists that bring different things to the table based on their prop and their style 
and what they you know what they like to do with their props so yeah very cool to see everybody has their own opinion and where they come from and like what flow and the art itself means to them uh starting with like glow stringing and coming from skateboarding with kind of a freestyle mindset uh it's not about you know saying i'm better than you or do something better it's like how much flair can you throw on something you know how much can you kind of like blow somebody's mind or do something new or just show off what makes you you and it, yes. it doesn't have to be on like a skill level thing but it's kind of like a fun thing like freestyle rappers and like dance battlers yes you know, they respect each other like none other and it has nothing to do with i'm sending you home you know yeah exactly exactly I necessarily about you know i'm better than you it's just uh yeah it's pushing each other having fun and kind of elevating yourself to a to a new level to to try to wow the crowd and and yeah i love that i'm very about that it's funny that you said that you're kind of a little bit more shy and and you you push yourself to do that battle a lot of people wouldn't expect me to be like really afraid of performing as well but i am as well i had so much nerves going into my first flow arts performance like my first flow arts festival performance man i had so much nerves joey was there for me with that and he knew that i was sweating before that so i get it i get it for sure yeah it's 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 not something i'm great with and i was going to teach a, a little intro workshop one time i've never taught one by the way but it was at like a, a local kind of like nightclub here in Kansas City. And I was signed up. I was on the flyer. You know, I was going to spin on stage and stuff just for fun. But I was going to mm -hmm. do like a little intro poi sesh. And I was freaking out and sweating. I didn't even know. Was, <laughs> Am I going to teach the three beat weave or what? But no one showed up. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, we'll try it another day. You're like, no one cares. It's fine. No one cares. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So do you, do you prefer instructing or performing? Neither. <laughs> Neither. Um, I'm pretty selfish. I, I spin for myself. Uh, you know, the flows for me, I like to share it with other people because I know other people can appreciate it, but I'm really don't like being put on the spot. Again, it's if I choose to do it on my own time. And instructing, again, I feel like I'm kind of on the spot to like give you something conceptual and explain it well and i'm not good at learning from tutorials and videos and stuff myself so explaining that's always felt difficult the only time that i've really been able to teach people is when it's like renegade you know people are hanging out you know connor kilbane and i spent a lot of time uh running around last year at some different flow festivals and i mm -hmm. can't keep up with him when he's trying to teach me <laughs> something i just can't he's really quick and he's so knowledgeable and he's got all the vocabulary but when you're just hanging out playing with stuff maybe he's talking to someone else and i'm just on the side playing with something uh -huh. like, okay connor i learned that thing that you were trying to tell me about earlier but it's never like i don't know it's, yeah it's not easy well, you, for me. i understand that you kind of have to take the time to learn it on yourself with uh by yourself without the pressure of like okay and go if i do it you know so yeah i definitely feel you there and instructing is such a delicate balance because you have to try to meet the audience where they're at and try to give tips and advice without being overbearing and there's a lot of these 
you know, little things that you have to approach with, with instructing. So people are going to be at different skill levels and you're going to try to be, have it be relevant for everybody. So instructing low key is very stressful as well. I mean, uh, performing I, is stressful, but instructing is also stressful. <laughs> it's not like a crazy amount of like education or framework out there for teaching flow. You know, there's a lot of vocabulary that's kind of flip-flopped between how you learned it or where you learned it. Two things could mean the same thing, or maybe it's not even the best definition. And yes, for me, you learn things yeah. through the feeling of doing it more so than, like I know how to do more things than I could explain what they are. And I'm not even talking about flow, like the normal things I do in my daily life, there may not be a description on how you move to make certain things happen, but you know how to do them. And to like right. go into this so late, I never knew any of this vocabulary and be like, you should teach. I'm like, teach what? <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna do this thing where this thing is going there. Yeah, the vocabulary is very tough and people and will call like different this. things different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I did my first um, class or my first, um, yeah, we'll just say class um, at Southwest Full Fest last year. And I thought it went really well. I was just pretty much going into it um, freely. I mean, I just kind of wanted to see, gauge the audience and it was a contact workshop. So I wanted to give people things to work on. And I tried to meet the uh, lowest, um, like the basis skill level and then kind of build from there for folks who were like, okay, I know how to do that. So let's try to give them stuff to work on as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. Classes can be very hard, but I think it helped me to take some classes and see what uh, the styles in which other people were running their um, instructing and stuff. And then I kind of formed my own way of doing that. So it definitely helps to take other classes before you're instructing, for sure. Connor, Connor Kilbane had a really cool class um, that he was teaching last year. He's probably teaching it this year, too. Um, what's he call it a uh, rapid transition theory and it's taking like all the smaller components of moves and kind of manipulating them in a way that you are transitioning to a new move without completing another move because you can always get into positions that allow you to get somewhere else right but his class was more of like a lecture almost like a theory and talking conceptually about it and then he let the people that were in the class for like the last 45 minutes of it you know be like okay based on what you're saying what about this kind of thing and they were just making up combos and tricks together with the theory of the framework like not specific moves so that was actually kind of cool because it gets you to think more than physically doing it right then right there. right i really that's that's awesome to hear because i have had a lot of similar ideas because i i don't really want to teach people this sequence, I want to give people the tools to create their own sequence and try exactly. to build, um, you know, I, I really would like to do a similar class. I think I've, I've theorized it a couple times. Um, but I, I really want to do something along the same lines of just uh, sequence building theory, kind of like building a full and it could be a sequence or it could be for a performance, right? Building a sequence that's dynamic and full and realizing and learning how to connect all the different aspects of what you're doing in one clean uh, performance or sequence. So that's definitely something that I'd like to do at some point. Shout out to Connor. Thank you for bringing that up. That's very uh, helpful. I definitely want to connect with him and try to build something <laughs> on my own on a similar level. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so about, I mean, speaking of Connor, uh, we are all members of Flow on Fire. So how did that sponsorship come about and what does it mean for you to be on the team? That's a, that's a good question. So uh, Britton Kell reached out to me after I did my, it was like a 2020, I called it the Flovid compilation because of COVID. Um, I'd recorded enough videos throughout the year. I don't post a ton, but I had enough that I could do a video for every month. And I made a compilation on YouTube and uh, they reached out just kind of seeing, I guess, the composition over time and kind of some dedication to putting out, you know, a certain level of quality in the content. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so really cool. Um, but for me, the reason it meant a lot is... I really like to flow on fire as a company. I probably purchased for them 20 or 30 times before they ever reached out to me. And so, you know, I was online sharing recommendations with people. One of the first people that I reached out to, you know, I guess you can call them people that are known in the community was beacon because he was modifying things and trying new stuff. So I was buying a bunch of different ropes and knobs and handles and trying all these different things because when I started spinning poi, I was like, this isn't enough like glow stringing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was trying to make a glow stringing set of poi. So I was just like playing with whatever until I found my niche, I guess. But it's interesting you say that because your style of poi and the, the poi that you have, I could not spin them because you have so much counterweight on the end of, of your poi now. So which is very different from glow stringing. So how did that transition from your your style of, of poi, how did that help you in your growth? And where when did you first start putting on that level of counterweight? Because it's a very different style. So I guess I would, I, first of all, I should be honest, I've been playing with normal poi recently. <laughs> but uh, 27 grams in the handle. <laughs> Dude, for people that don't know, that is insane amount of counterweight. So... As long as your head weighs more than your handle does, you can still manipulate it in a similar way, in my opinion. But you have mm -hmm. a little bit more control of what you can do on the opposite side. Mm -hmm. I guess the reason I came to want to play with those in that way, like I, I have, you know, the LEDs on both ends. I ran capsule lights on the mm -hmm. head and for the handle, which is a lot of counterweight. But I didn't want two different lights, actually, for the <laughs> handles and the heads. And I realized that, you know, you can do a lot with weight on the other end, but mm -hmm. it's a lot harder for like two point one hand stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was a hill to climb up to do some of those things. And then I realized when I stopped playing with them for a minute that I had all this extra freedom when I was playing with the normal set of poi because I didn't have those handles in the way. And I've already mentally trained myself to be subconscious of my planes because the handles will get away in the way of the tether with, you know, normal capsule handles. Absolutely. So yeah, and your style, I mean, you really, cool. you really embody for me, the style of having that heavy counterweight, because the things that you do uh, with your your heavy counterweight style is just very unique to to that setup. So I think you you really do a good job with that. But it's interesting hearing you say that you've been playing with normal boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much have you gotten into contact boy, like a traditional like folding lines and fishtails and all that good stuff? Uh, not much, not much at all. Uh, starting with 
the capsule handles being so heavy makes it really, really hard to do some of those moves. Mm-hmm. And then I have a traditionally pretty short total tether length. It's longer than it used to be, but the shorter your tethers are, the smaller your rotation. It just, yep. everything's more dramatic. The physics of the handle floating over. And I've never been super enthusiastic about regular contact rolls. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, this is one of the good things about poi is there are preferences. And I do yeah. things very differently from the things that you do. And that's really great because it's just the diversity. Man, I mean, we're just watching these videos. You do so many, <laughs> like, awesome and unique things. I mean, really, your style screams abstract and unique for me personally because i don't see anybody spinning like you so it's very cool thank you uh, yeah i'd like to say a lot of it comes from believing that there's really no rules you know when i first started spinning poi and i was spinning it like glow sticks and just you know trying to be all over the place all the time you know, uh-huh. people are like, it's, it's convoluted you're doing too much or like why aren't you finishing a flower you know um but the thing is you don't have to do anything in one way and some people learn things at a different time and in a different environment and they vibe they feel a certain way about different kinds of moves like i respect a lot of people's flow that i have no interest in doing me too i love that you say that that (laughs) yes i love that you say that because i'm i just do what i love and i i do the things that i think look really good or feel really good and to be honest, I've, I haven't really had a lot of want to learn a lot of different styles. I mean, and I know a little bit of a ton of different stuff, but what I would put out in a performance, what I would do in a video is going to be way different from the thing, all the things that I know how to do. And I love that you said that there there shouldn't be any rules because, yeah, we, we just build our style based on, again, what we want to do, what feels good, what we think looks very aesthetically pleasing so I love that you're kind of a no rules kind of guy. I mean, that it's just, that's great for sure. I think that anything that you can do can be a move. If you can do it cleanly and consistently, it doesn't matter what path it makes or what pattern, if you can make it match up with some timing, some transition into something else, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. matter what it is that you do, if you can repeat it and do it cleanly, it can be considered a move. It may not Absolutely. be a cleanest move, but it can be. <laughs> Absolutely. That's my, that's my move theory. <laughs> and you could be doing the most incredibly difficult patterns, but at, at some point, people are always going to have their preferences of, okay, that's very hard, but I like what this guy's doing, where it just is very, you know, aesthetically pleasing or it looks really yep. good, um, very unique. So, yeah, there's kind of that balance between doing something that's very difficult and then also making it look good, right? Um, so I guess that kind of brings me back. We, uh, we were talking about early inspirations. I never mentioned the glow stringers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those who know, uh, Siphon Killer and Melvin Orc 12 were like my first two like glow stringing inspirations. And these guys are like crazy string mani- manipulation stuff that you wouldn't even see in normal glow stringing. If you think of glow mm-hmm. stringing, you'll see these kinds of moves. And that was what was appealing to me is that whole, there's no rules to it. And uh, Melvin Ork, he actually used to be, I think like an amateur glow, or not glow stringer, um, yo-yoer. So oh, okay. Was, he was like really good with all this different weird 
string manipulation that you could do with glow sticks and no one could even touch it. That was just a niche. But right, right. It's not how you spin glow sticks, you know, but again, there's no rules, so why not? <laughs> it's funny that you say yo-yoers because as I've grown my page and I've been releasing content over the last couple of years, I'm surprised about how many yo-yoers follow me. <laughs> like there's there's this one guy, I'll have to I cannot think of his name off the top of my head, but um a very good yo-yoer, but he has just been messaging me all the time for the last, you know, several years and has been giving me uh, input and feedback and saying, hey, I'm incorporating what you're doing into yo-yo, um, yo-yoing. So it's so cool. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Weird uh, little crossover there. <laughs> I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but there's this uh, French Diablo juggler spinner that's really, really fascinating because he does tons of like string manipulation tech and the Diablo setups they have now, they've got handles, these long handles on each side. So they can do this juggling with the Diablo in the middle while doing poise spinning tricks with this thin string. And then when the Diablo comes down, it catch you into some other crazy string manipulation. I'm like, it was never meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's some really interesting crossovers for sure. I, I've seen a lot of that similar stuff. Um, it's funny, uh, Bo is actually really good at the Diablo as well. He, he used to Diablo way back when, years ago. So it's funny that you say that because he was also very into that way back then. And now look at him, you know. So yeah. um, Interesting. So and then um, going back to Beacon, you were talking about, we had talked about Beacon a little bit off stream um he is one of the guys that's been spinning for a long time i believe he's been spinning since what like 2002 or 2003 right yeah 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 he's he's been around and knowledgeable in the community and the scene for a long time and i connected with him through kind of the prop uh mechanics you know putting stuff together <laughs> how to do this watching his how-to youtube videos but then yeah. we became friends because man he is passionate about poi and so so passionate things yeah and then find out you know he's an old house head like me so mm -hmm. we each other all the time <laughs> yep yep yeah i knew who beacon was several years ago and it was great to finally be able to meet him and jam with him and his fire performance at uh southwest flow fest was insane oh my god he he was doing some of the coolest fire tech you know because it, it's a truly a different style if you're spinning if you watch my style if you if you watch me spin contact boy versus fire boy i have a very different style but beacon is very good at incorporating all those contact ideas into fire which i very much respect um he's got yeah, like a really calm mentality i i think that he's one of those people i would consider one with the flame like they were born mm. to spin fire. There's some people's like, ah, it'd be cool if fire spinning wasn't a thing, you know? <laughs> but then there are people that are like, oh, I only spin poise so I can spin fire better. <laughs> and yeah. it's not to say that he is that, but he, he's he got like his Super Saiyan fire form and he's totally Totally, cool totally. Yeah. Um, and Beacon's one of those guys that has just, he is kind of an older head kind of guy, you know, but he has remained relevant and remained uh you know innovative and i think that's just over that period of time is that length of time is very hard to do and very unique 
Um, he's really kept up with the times in a lot of ways and has been innovative with the newer styles and the newer tech and finding things to do with, you know, because contact poi is a little bit newer of a thing in the spectrum of what, you know, poi is contact poi is a little bit newer of a, of a thing. Right. So um, he's really, again, he's remained relevant. So I'm glad that you brought him up. We're going to have to get Beacon on at some point because that man is fucking insane. <laughs> He's got tons of stuff to share with you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we really just skill shared for hours at uh, Southwest Flow Fest. And I'm going to keep plugging this festival because it's new. And I really want there to be some uh, more artists that attend this year. If you can, it's in Arizona. It's in September. Um uh, applications were just released for anybody that's listening and interested. You should definitely join us. I will be most likely performing and teaching there again this year. Um, that's the plan at least. So try to make it out. Um, yeah, it's a festival that I'm definitely passionate about. And again, we have so many great artists that attended last year. Um, yeah, amazing jugglers and poise spinners. So it's not even just uh, like a flow arts thing. I, I mean, juggling, I would Consider it to be under the umbrella of flow arts, but it is its own thing, right? Those might be fighting words. We'll they, 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 you know, I'm gonna say it. We respect you, jugglers. All right, no, we respect you. You got your own thing, all right? They had the, you know, a boy takeover. They blew me away, but then when you get outside the fire circle and there was like a hundred and some jugglers with their fishing clubs, I'm like, Dude. all right, you guys own this area. And they're wild and it's a <laughs> it is there you know i will say that juggling most in my opinion juggling is harder right juggling is harder than just doing some like you know flower patterns or whatever like and this is all subjective so take it for what you will but club jugglers and ball jugglers are definitely it is it is their own thing right and it's it's uh it's awesome to, for us to be able to connect with jugglers uh, that are doing their thing at a high level. It's awesome to be able to, you know, share information and try. I mean, even if it's not so much of a tech thing as it is more of like a training regimen, a lifestyle, um, the, you know, the passion behind what you do. And I think those are really the commonalities, less so of like the tech, but more so pursuing what well, we're doing at a high level, right? There's a huge history for juggling that goes back before tech was something where people strive to do something more and different you know people are always juggling different things or different amounts of things or you know throwing on a performance with their juggling there was always this different image of juggling before mm -hmm. it became a flow arts thing and the three club like juggling tech that has come out in like the last decade really blows my mind because i feel like they could have done that stuff like how old is juggling i don't claim to know but <laughs> It's very old. it's very old. It is very old. I mean, the people have been juggling for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there there really is some interesting crossovers in we'll say like three clubs to three poi because I find myself now I'm like I'm getting really into poi juggling, and I see all these club jugglers that are teaching uh, club juggling ideas that I'm actively doing with three point or i'm trying mm -hmm. to learn with three point and it's interesting because i'm like wow this is really very similar three club three point yeah. we're doing a lot of the same thing so yeah it's definitely interesting it's nice to be able to connect with uh the club jugglers of the world and yeah i follow a surprising amount of club club jugglers 
So yeah. on the idea of three poi, do you have any want or desire to get into three poi at any time? <laughs> I've uh, done it off camera. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. Um, my my three poi is uh, gunslinger single poi hybrid. <laughs> um, so. I like three poi. I think there's some really cool stuff you could do with it, but I've got tons of stuff that I still want to learn with two poi. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's the niche that's begging to be explored. That is a lot more wraps and manipulation with three. So what I've seen recently with three is like, of course you've got juggling and you've got like juggling transitions, mm -hmm. you know, where you're just moving the poi around and patterns. And then of course you've got, where you're finding ways to fit in three different planes, right? You got three points, mm. you got three tethers that you have to keep track of where they're at. Mm -hmm. But if you start incorporating a little bit more like string manipulation stuff with three, I've seen Chris Kelly do a couple things where he'll do like a hyperloop, uh, like isolation thing with one, and he's got the other boy doing something wacko. Mm -hmm. you know, that, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that kind of stuff, there's a lot more to play with. And then wraps, like why why can't you be doing two poi stuff and then one other poi is doing weird wraps around your body at the same time? Sounds like you're the man to do it, Levi. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Come on, bro. All right. I, well, I gotta, yeah. 17 more years in two poi, and then. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, three poi isn't everybody's thing. I mean, two poi will always be, uh, it'll always hold a special place in my heart. And I'll never stop doing two poi, obviously. I love contact. I'm very into contact poi, is like my main. Thing. If I had to put like a main thing behind my style, contact would be would be my thing, right? But yeah, you feel that. <laughs> what? Thank you. But what I'm getting into with three poi is I'm incorporating that style of contact. I'm incorporating contact roles yes. into patterns, and I'm incorporating contact into my juggling, and that is what I really feel like there is um, so much innovation to be had, right? Because three poi still is relatively in its infancy, I believe. Because two poi, I mean, look at all the things that are still being discovered with two poi, right? Three yeah. poi is newer than that. So we still have <laughs> so much more to go, right? And so it's you're keeping track of so many things when you got constant stuff rolling on your body and a third. <laughs> I fall behind. Just it's hard as fuck. It's hard as fuck. And like I've said uh, several times on this podcast before, there was a period of time where I was spinning two poi and people around me were doing three poi and they were pretty new and they were getting into three poi. And I will be honest with you guys. I was a little bit of a hater. Okay. <laughs> I just, people were doing things with three poi that I did not feel were very cool. Okay. I'm just going to say it. All right. Well, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I it took me experience to share with that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It took me a while to really, see three poi and be like wow okay that's fucking awesome i need to start doing three poi because things were just not very flushed out yet and it was in my opinion it was all very sloppy like early on right early on there were some people that were like jonathan alvarez and like people that were doing it at a really good level but the majority of the three poi spinners were just it was just so sloppy right so i was like cool you can you can do your three poi thing man i'm gonna do my Look, look what I can do with two poi. I'm doing all these rolls. I'm doing all these cool stuff, right? But yeah, once I got into three poi, I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Because I just feel like I had a mountain to climb. But after I started really getting my rhythm in three poi, 
it has been such a fun challenge for me to try to push myself and create new things and create and and again give my own take on three boy. So I I feel like I want to see more people spin three boy, but at the same time, I'm not gonna ever tell somebody to stop doing your two boy thing, right? <laughs> like you 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 do that, man. Like we're all good. I get it. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, you'll see me spinning fans before you'll spin, see me spin three boy. <laughs> I think. I really My dog. <laughs> My dog. There's only one cameo of me spinning fans so far, though. So you have to look so, hard. <laughs> so yeah, get, get, give me your take on three boy. You said you had something to say about like a funny well, story or whatever. <laughs> well, not three boy specifically, but not feeling like you liked a certain thing and choosing not to get into it purposely mm -hmm. <laughs> which is mm -hmm. kind of childish but i was a child i was like 15 so uh i knew of poi like i'd seen people spin it but knowing it was a different prop different physics you know they mm -hmm. stuck to a lot of the standard uh you know beats and flowers and that stuff wasn't very appealing to me so i almost mm -hmm. was like no i'm never gonna do a flower <laughs> <laughs> not with my glow sticks or my glow lights yeah yeah and then in probably 2019 like seriously later i realized that these flowers as simple as they can be are so important because there's a there's a pathing there's a pathing mm -hmm. that your hands can do in addition to the poi and you don't have to complete the flower <laughs> you can only do you can do a part of it you know you can right you could do one or two petals yeah exactly so i do a lot of half flower stuff now because you can get into these different grid spaces but before I'd be like, you know, I don't want to do a four pedal anti spin. Everybody can do a four pedal anti spin. <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, I mean, not everybody, but uh, true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with enough practice. Yes, absolutely. Practice. I believe that anybody could do a clean four pedal flower with both hands, right? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a different style for sure, and I respect again people doing their two-poi thing, not really wanting to get into three-poi. So let's talk about practice and what that looks like for you. Do you approach your sessions with a more strict type formula of drilling, or is it more relaxed, go-with-the-flow type sessions? How do, how do you approach practice and training? I'm not very good with structure. Definitely more of a go-with-the-flow. And even at that, it's... I'm. When I spin, I'm spinning for like meditation, medication. I'm taking a flow break. I'm mm. trying to like wipe any stresses. So, you know, that's my thing that I do on a daily basis. And if I can hit the flow state, I can reset on anything. Like I had a long day at work, spend 15 minutes flowing. I forget that my day was busy or stressful. You know, yes. But sometimes when I'm doing something, I will notice like a certain piece of what I do and remember something I'd seen or remember something I'd felt before. And then I'll want to like play with it and dig with it. And generally what that is for me is I keep the free flow going. And then I just try to find that transition into that same thing over and over again. And that's kind of how I'll play with like a certain move. But generally I'm just trying to hit beats. I'm, I'm big into musicality. I'm just trying to do a performance for myself. Is I love that. I love that. No one looking. <laughs> I felt like that for a long time, and that's been my approach for the vast majority of my poise spinning career. Right. Um, I think only recently, within the last two years, I'd say, have I really started to take an approach with three poise specifically, where I'm drilling 
the same thing for two or three hours. And um, I, I'd say the only other thing that I've done that with Tupoi would be learning folding lines with both hands because you're not just going to stumble across that shit. You know, you're just not. You're, you have to drill it. So there's no other way. But there are some things in Tupoi where you have to spend a significant amount of time learning. There's just no other doubt about it. You know, there's no other way to do it. Um, but yeah, the, the three poi juggling, you know, I, I know you're not a juggler, so, you know, but <laughs> for, for me, learning these patterns is grueling. I mean, it really just is because I have to spend, you know, again, three, four five hours on the same pattern and I come back the next day and I made absolutely no progress. And I just <laughs> so do that. Feel. Well, I mean, dude, like it's <laughs> so I feel, or maybe the reality, but yeah. I will do these patterns for, you know, multiple days, multiple sessions, and I'll come back the next week. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm not any closer to being able to do this pattern. It's very frustrating. Um, but in those times when I'm getting frustrated with three-ploy and I'm getting fr frustrated with juggling, I just go back to two-ploy and I just jam out in the same way that I've done my whole life, right? Um, which is very comforting. And again, I, I do it for the exact same reason that you were just referring to as performances for myself and nobody else is around it's just me and i have hit some of the most killer sessions of my <laughs> life that have not been recorded you know really? me jamming for 10 minutes 15 minutes straight of just different shit the entire time and i try to do that whenever i'm really feeling myself and i'm in the groove i'll just try to do different things the entire time and see how long i can be doing different things for as as long as i can do it yeah. I will try to not repeat the same thing. It's kind and of a fun so goal. Yeah. You, you don't even have to think about it. You already know what you have and haven't hit. So it's almost natural. Exactly. And when you're talking about training that move and not being able to get it, um, for me, the thing is the easiest way to learn it is to learn it later. <laughs> so like, try it, try it, figure it out, try to determine what the physics are that makes some certain move happen. But if you can't land it, just come back to it later and then when you come back to it later you can be like why was i having so much trouble like the environment the situation you're in how your day went you never know like you might land it the first time and then every time after a week later that's so. really a really good point because i've been through that so many times where i've been trying to learn this <laughs> trick and i'm like fuck man i'm so close but i just can't get it whatever it's not looking right and then and I'll spend, you know, an hour or two doing that thing. And then I'll come back the next day, even, and then first try hitting it. I'm like, okay, oh, yep. just needed some buffer time for my mind to catch up to what I was doing. So, yeah, that is actually a very good thing. At first, I, I was like, expand on doing it later. But I, <laughs> I understand. It's a very good point, for sure. I, I've had to come back to a lot of concepts when I felt frustrated. And, you know, frustration is something that I battle on a pretty much daily basis uh, with, with Poi. Like there's a lot of really joyous moments for me when I'm spinning and I'm freestyling and stuff. But my whole learning across, you know, 15 years, uh, it's, I don't know, again, frustration. So, so me and my brother learned a lot together throughout our whole um, Poi spinning life. And he was the guy where he'd just be learning and having so much fun. And he'd just <laughs> fuck up and not care and just like go with the flow and not worry about it. And then I'm over here 
learning the same thing or a different thing that he's doing, and I'm hitting myself in the same spot, <laughs> fucking up at the same point, and I'm very frustrated, right? And he didn't really understand. He's like, dude, why are you so frustrated? Like, just <laughs> relax. Like, it's fine. But I'm just such a... He, well, he's four years older than me. He's four and a half years older than me. But he's, he's, again, he's had this approach his whole life. And I have been the fucking opposite my whole life. And it's just something about my, I don't know, like, perfectionist mindset of, like, being frustrated with myself and, you know, my inability to do something. And I don't know. And it's not to say that they're not perfectionists in their own right, but I just approach it different differently. And I just can't not be frustrated when I'm just fucking hitting myself in the same place and, you know, messing up on the same thing. So it's a, uh, I try to take the approach of being more relaxed and just not worrying about it. But it's like deep in my core, man. I, I can't, I can't, I just get pissed. I, brother syndrome or something. Dude, yeah. it is. It really is. I can't and get over like, it. On, four years of development as a human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll impede on your ability to learn something at the same it's time. It's true. You guys learned it. You guys like started at the same time. He was just we, 14, exactly. You were 10. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Precisely. You yeah. Still live with that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my brother, man. Fucking love that guy. Um, really going to get him to come out to some more festivals and stuff. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of branch off into a new subject. What uh, festivals do you really want to go to that you have not been to? If you have any. Hmm. That is a really good question. Um, I don't really keep much of a calendar. It's just mm -hmm. things tend to happen. And then I go with the flow. Mm -hmm. If I was to think one off the top of my head right now, Southwest Flow Fest, because everybody's yeah, 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 go. yeah. But, um, I, I don't know. I can't think of any that are really blow my mind. I want to experience it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Last year mm -hmm. I got to hit fire drums, which is a really, really big one. Yeah. And fire drums. Huge. I haven't right yeah so that was a pretty big deal for me and then the aspect of equilibrium gave me a, a kind of a different vibe it's re it really wasn't that big it's like less than 400 people uh, wow that they've had it it's smaller than you think but the production value has always been really really good unbelievable i think that's why people think it's bigger than it dude is. it is just prime it's like the the battle that i saw were like kind of playful battle between uh chris kelly and tim goddard <laughs> i don't know what year that happened but i saw that shit and i'm like why did i miss that <laughs> what happened yeah e eq i mean just the stage and everything just looks fucking so cool yeah i, I was very impressed by it by that uh, a lot of tesla's really cool uh kevin kevin axel was the uh the host in 2019 and he's such a great, uh, like, theatrics performer and host. He was really funny. He does everything flow. I don't know if do we have a Kevin Axel video. Oh, oh this, shit. This guy's got more experience than anybody we've talked about so far. Joey, play that. <laughs> Joey, play that. Play what you're on right now. Yeah, so you actually took this. You took a video of this. Holy shit. I didn't yeah. even realize. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God, dude. You were, you witnessed the thing. Oh, my God. I'm that was my connecting. First wow, <laughs> fucking badass. 
the, it was really funny in the very beginning, right when they were getting ready to do the little battle thing, someone yelled, tie their dreads together, make them fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you guys look at the production, look at the stage. Like th this is what we mean by production. Look at this shit. Oh my God. Yeah, that's awesome. And the caliber of artists that they have across the board. I mean, those, those are big artists. Uh, there were so many, uh, you know, relevant and inspirational artists that attended this festival. So shout out to EQ. I definitely got to make it out. This was uh, a video that I definitely have enjoyed watching several times. Thank you for taking a video of this, Levi. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I remade my YouTube channel. This one has the most views. It's not me. <laughs> Tim is a fucking monster. I, he's a guy that I have not met. I really want to meet Tim. Holy shit. He's crazy nice and uh, super theatric. Like, he has so much fun when he's performing. He's one of those guys that is a performer. But he's also a really, really good teacher, too, and just a cool dude to kick it with. I mean, yeah. Tim, Tim for me, is one of the best, not only tech spinners, but, again, performers. Because this man performs on the largest stages in Australia. He has his own, like you know, conclave or festival or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, Tim is really doing it in a different way than a lot of other uh, poet spinners that are at, are at his level skill wise. He's, he's taken the performing aspect to another level. Um, you know, yeah. Shout out to Tim. Holy shit. This, this was what's, killer. What's funny about Tim is that he was one of those people I would have considered like a structural learner. Like he went through every single video and learned everything that there was available about poi. But then once he was done with that, he entered that whole no rule zone. His like nuggets and nugs videos that he's just making up weird stuff constantly. Mm -hmm. And then he ties weird stuff with weird stuff and he creates this whole nother area, these like frameworks that don't have names that mm -hmm. are just wicked. And yeah. he has so much wild, like this is the same pattern that you could do at a different spot, but he does it in like six different planes around mm -hmm. his body <laughs> it's just amazing yeah i mean i knew who tim was uh i think i found out who tim was from predator poi which was you know how far along how long ago that was but predator poi back then when that video was released that was one of the most innovative uh videos that we had seen to that date so going all the way from those days of him um you know, starting three poi and getting his feet wet with all that stuff and then going forward to where he's at now. I mean, he's just remained so relevant, so innovative for such a long period of time. So he, in my opinion, I mean, Tim is really, truly one of my favorite artists to ever do it straight up. I mean, Tim is just absolutely incredible um, for, again, his tech and his performances, because I feel as good as I get with tech stuff, I have a long ways to go in the performance department and the theatrical department. So yeah. I, I try to take inspiration from, from those artists and try to take my game to a new level for performing. Yeah. There's a lot of artists that I respect purely for their performance mentality, the skills and characteristics that they have for putting on a show on a stage. You can take some of the most simple moves and turn them turn them into brilliance in front of an audience with just a little bit of flair or character and what you're doing. Um, I was actually thinking about a couple of those people and uh, the couple names that came to mind just kind of right off the bat. There's classic ones like um, Yuda and... Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, 
Oh, shoot, I'm blanking right now. But the other, like, valuable mentions I have were, like, Liz Knights, uh, Taz, mm-hmm. and Ryan mm-hmm. Dusham. Mm-hmm. Those are guys that'll take moves that they already know, but when they want to put on a performance, they can actually choreograph something mentally without needing to choreograph it, but then they can also choreograph something. I don't know. It's it's a skill in itself. It really is. Put a performance. Shout out to all those people you just yeah. mentioned. Uh, Liz is someone I definitely want to get on the podcast. I mean, she has just been at the forefront and in a lot of ways, one of the most successful flow artists uh, to to do it because she, I mean, her her level of performance is really you know very special. Um, and Liz, yeah, again, is a, is an incredible performer, and she has really been so organized and so active in the community for a long time. I mean, she she started the uh, or was a vital part in the women of tech poi scene, and that goes back to I mean I don't even know how many years ago that was that she started that or. Um, you know, helped get that project together. But yeah, it's just awesome to see her still uh, killing it and still being so relevant. Um, shout out to Liz. Definitely want to get her on the podcast. She's just been a, a great um, inspiration for a lot of us. Shout out to Liz and shout out to uh, Wildfire. Um, it's a smaller festival that's in her home area, uh, Boston area. And she brought me out to uh, Wildfire last year and I got to kind of see some of her local people and you know the fest that she's been going to for over 10 years kind of thing and there's a there's a lot of newbies and people that are learning there so the instructors and the teaching and the community and working together was really really cool to see at wildfire and mm. really thankful i got to meet her and dave static and they brought me out to go ah dave so, yo i play video <laughs> games with dave on a daily dog <laughs> a lot of so people don't know games, smash <laughs> Yes, we actually play Smash Bros on a fucking daily basis, like or on a weekly basis. I play play with Dave all the fucking time. So you shout gotta out be to Dave. Then. That is that guy's nuts. <laughs> Yo, that's so cool. Small world, dude. What the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's really cool that you were able to go out on the East Coast and hang out with them and meet Liz and collaborate with her. That's really cool. I saw her like tag you in a video the other day, and she's like, "Oh, man." <laughs> Yeah, we recorded. We were gonna. We recorded a video. Uh, we were trying to put a sequence together all weekend, and I think we made it too hard because <laughs> we were teaching each other moves all weekend, and then we tried to put together like a forty-five second clip, and then we had like two hours before my plane was leaving, and we found this really cool Boston graffiti stuff, and we tried to mm. set up there. We just couldn't nail it. One of us would nail it, and then the other person would mess up. And I was like, well, maybe I can like stitch these together, but I never quite got to it. She's like, well, can I post, you know, my individual ones? Like, yeah, do it because I didn't end up recording it. Yeah. It well, and that fun. I mean that tends to happen when you're collaborating with somebody. If you're really trying to do something very difficult, uh, that's a reality. They're not always going to hit it. Uh, try number one, and that's something that I try to stress when people see the videos that I'm releasing, like y'all don't know, sometimes I hit it first try, but that's rare. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it takes me 30, 45, an hour and a half. Like it depends. <laughs> so it depends on how difficult it is and how new the ideas that I'm working with are to me. So that's definitely a reality. I drop a shit ton more than you guys think. All right. I just don't <laughs> post my drops. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> see, 
And I can't hit a sequence that I put together in enough tries for me to not be frustrated because I don't mm. want to be frustrated. I'll just record for 10 minutes and hope something's good that's in there and then complain that I didn't hit this one thing that I've been literally wanting to give on camera and I forget mid-sesh where it's in this other portion of the video that I'm definitely not going to upload. <laughs> Man, yeah, I think it's important for other folks who are kind of you know, in their early slash intermediate phases to know that, hey, we are not just some robotic people. We just take a lot of time to get, you know, a sequence or a video on on camera. So it's a... I'm really scared of that red button. So like if you guys are, seriously, it is hard. I am too. I'm not good at it. I'm not the same person on camera when I record. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's still just you and the camera. But for yeah. some reason, that red button, yeah, no, yeah. I, I feel that 100%, man. It's just, you feel that pressure. You're like, okay, I'm on video. Everything I do is just going to be, you know, permanent or whatever. Yeah, I, I feel that 100%. Um, and something that we didn't quite get to yet, we had talked a little bit off stream about one of your favorite uh, YouTube videos, if you had had to choose one, right? And you had told me about uh, Ben Cooper, so so we're actually yes. going to play a, a segment of that video. Yes. And tell me tell me a little bit about why this video was so important or so like stood out to you so strongly. So yeah, Ben Cooper is one of those guys that you know the physics, the breaking it, like putting more into it. So like he's got a lot of moves that sometimes they're simple, but like the way that they can be combined, you wouldn't have thought of it before. And sometimes it's just wonky stuff. So I've really liked just his mindset of like trying anything type type deal. But then this video specifically, I just think he was having tons of fun, man. Like, oh, yeah. He's got this whole like, oh, I found gold. They're poi. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. And he's got this whole like trick by trick type thing that he's doing in the beginning. And then he's got like a two minute like straight free flow sesh. Mm -hmm. and at the end of the video, he's like, oh, by the way, POV, three-poi tangles, like, off the wazoo. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this is actually a longer video, for sure. How yeah, long is this it's, video? It's like eight minutes? Ten minutes? Fourteen, almost fifteen minutes. Okay, well, there's, like, three primary parts to this video. <laughs> yeah. I encourage everyone to watch it. Um, yeah, Ben doesn't post a ton, but, like, you can tell that he loves to spin. And oh, just, yeah. This is all like him, you know? Like, who taught him that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so these replacement patterns that he's doing, those are very unexplored. And I've been playing around with a little bit of my own version of the replacement patterns, but I think they're very cool, especially with three. Uh, I mean, he's doing some innovative shit right now, for sure. What year did this video come out? Three oh, years ago? Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. I mean, super relevant. Been explored. Yeah. If you want to skip to it, the three-point tangles, it's I, it's somewhere near the end. It's like a POV. Like GoPro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yes. You know, it's, um, I've Does seen this. this I've seen this segment of the of this video. Uh, I believe he was on some kind of, like Drex had put out some kind of like, uh, you know, shout out video or whatever, whatever was happening, whatever the video was, but he had given this video a shout out and said that the POV 
of these three point angles and all this shit was very cool, which I agree with, man. He's just doing some really innovative <laughs> He's shit. He's got the little eye shut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Transition. In Holy shit. So yeah. And again, I mean, pot, depending on your preference for poi, could be not mo uh, the most aesthetically pleasing or the most like, you know, wow. But for people who really care about the tech, this is brilliant, right? what he's doing is very special so shout out to ben hopefully you see this clip this is fucking beautiful man thank you for putting this out yeah i've uh seen him playing with some like vdj visual effects where he's like djing or doing like a live audio thing and then uh -huh. he's got these visualizers like live video effects that he's doing with poi he's like just playing around with some other stuff so i don't know what he's doing these days but he's experimented with some funky stuff oh yeah and these tangle type patterns are really in a style of their own right i mean it's one of those weird subcategories of poi that they're just doing it because they think it's really fucking cool and it's not mm -hmm. so much of like again i think visually appealing like if he were to do this on like a large stage maybe People couldn't really see the minute details of how cool what he's doing is. Oh my god, that was so cool! Holy shit! But like tech like nerds, tech nerds like ourselves are that they see it. You know, we see it and we're like, "Holy shit!" Ben is absolutely yeah. murdering it, right? Like, yeah, so fucking cool. But then you look at through the the Muggle lens, and you're like, "I'm not sure what you're doing." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But they might see, you know, a, a more visually appearing, appealing pattern that they're like, oh, that was cooler. But like, what's like more difficult? Us, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what's more difficult, right? Is it the visually appealing pattern or is it what Ben is doing in this video where it's the three-point tangles and the swaps and all this crazy super tech stuff, right? So it's it's kind of that balance of, again, finding what you love, finding, you know, what your style is, what you appreciate. So and again, you know, just doing it for yourself. I mean, it's not even so much. A lot of people don't plan on doing performances. They don't care about doing mm -hmm. performances. They just want to do what they think is cool and find new shit. And I think Ben is just finding some crazy stuff right now. So, what is wow. that, man? He just did a three-point butterfly where he attached two of them together and then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What the so hell, man? I, I did. I, this kind of does segue. You know, we talk about everybody's got like their different niche, a different thing uh, that they like to do, something that they decided to train, and other things they decided not to train. And you know, we've talked about the crossover of other props, um, you know, into your knowledge of just manipulating objects mm -hmm. as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, so, so something I'd actually thought about bringing up, and I've discussed this with a couple people. But, you know, not a large group of people. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, it's kind of like an analogy or concept for visualizing like an artist's history or like the mm -hmm. development on how they grew into where they're at. And I consider it kind of like a nature versus nurture type aspect, like a path that they go through with their journey. Interesting. Everyone learns in different environments at a different speed. And mm -hmm. kind of like I was mentioning before, like with a different lens than other people would. So like in a nutshell, you know, I think about like the fundamentals of flow 
being like the roots of a tree, something that ah, if you continue to flow, everybody's going to eventually get a root and it's going to be related to the other ones because you need that root, you know, that base, that trunk that creates mm -hmm. the tree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could probably say that a single beat or a three beat is one of those things because there's tons of other moves that incorporate it. Absolutely. In the grand scheme of things. But then, like, your branches are some of the frameworks and the different tricks and stuff that obviously exist once you get a little bit better and you know what you can move into. And you choose to go in one of those directions. Do you want to play with wraps or, like, do you want to play with flowers? Do you want to try to do some contact stuff? Very general frameworky type stuff. Uh-huh. The difference when I think about visualizing a person, though, is that someone may get stuck in a rabbit hole and their branch keeps going in this one direction and they just keep digging and digging and they're growing a really wide tree. They're not going up and creating all these bunch of new branches up there. They're, like, they're growing wide and they're creating a bunch of other little branches in there and maybe they're making new stuff or they're just exploring areas that are deep in this one realm. Ag absolutely. People, and <laughs> I'm just word vomiting. I yeah, no, no, dude, please. I'm, I'm <laughs> loving this. Yeah, I very much and relate then, to what, what, you, what you're saying right now. So please continue. This is great. If you take a playlist of, of Poi videos and you learn all the fundamentals and all the basics and you go through every single one of them, you're growing like a tall tree. You're creating all these big branches and maybe not growing really wide and mm -hmm. learning something that's really far-fetched whether you created it or someone else did or no one knows it exists, but it's a thing. But mm -hmm. you're doing all these things that people have seen, you're growing real big. And then, you know, as the flow seasons have passed, you know, as you continue to do it for longer, you start to grow these leaves and these flowers and these buds and these different patterns that are all a part of how you got there. And yes. sometimes you skip certain branches and you learn other things because they're related. And then, you know, there's different species of trees. So you got the different props and how they can relate to uh, the other prop, you know? So that, yeah. that's kind of like my way to say like, you know, what's your tree look like? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's such a, I love that comparison. Thank you so much for, for, cause, cause honestly, like going back to when I first started, I would not be the same spinner that I am nowadays without being introduced. And this has been very much of a, a discussed, uh, subject on the podcast so far because it's very integral to where i started and what i'm currently doing right now but i would not be the same person or the same spinner without uh being so heavily introduced to what wyatt davis was doing back then um with contact boy because he really created that that love of contact boy for me and that's that's why i always will have a uh you know a special place for it in my heart and Again, I mean, even the contact roles and the stuff that he was teaching me back then or that I learned from watching him back then, um, I'm again, I'm doing it with 3.0 now, and I'm doing a lot of these concepts that he had taught me or that I had learned back then, and I'm incorporating it into a newer style, and I'm putting my own spin on it. And that's really important for, for our growth and our overall style. And it's interesting that you said we kind of skip over some parts because... I've skipped over a lot of shit in my life, right? <laughs> in a lot of my, my poise spinning career. And it, it's impossible to not do it. You can't learn everything, mm -hmm. right? So you, you have to be uh, specific on the things that you're trying to take on, the, the ideas and the concepts that you're trying to take on. Um, but I've found myself going way back, going way back to the beginning and, and learning, you know, new things from 
you know, styles that I had neglected, like, you know, flower patterns maybe that I had learned, but I didn't learn all the variations or, you know, as many variations as I wanted. And then I go back and I learn those and I'm like, okay, cool. Now what can I do with those? Now that I've learned the base pattern, what, where can I take that pattern? Right. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. I've been, I've been playing with some fundamentals the last couple of years, uh, like stalls and like grid placement, you know, you've got your nine square theory and I don't really follow a lot of that general poi vocabulary, but I understand the spaces. You right. Know, we are, we happen to be symmetrical beings, you know? <laughs> so, you know, going back and like, okay, stall in, in every quadrant. Now stall the opposite direction in that quadrant, you know? And then you start tying these things together and you realize that there's, there's timing and there's ways to get into it. And you realize that there's so many more things that are connected than you think there are. You know, just Absolutely. getting into this 2D place if you're only thinking about those nine points, like you can hit those points, but then look at it from a different view, like a different door, do it 3D, but you can still be in the same place in the same time, but you're following a different path. So like, there's so many things that connected later on from thinking about very, very simple things. And, you know, going, uh, this is kind of something that I've been meaning to bring up on the podcast, but it seems like a good time to bring it up. Um, as far as like the amount of things that we know and what kind of where to direct your attention and where you naturally get uh, like more involved in specific concepts that you see there like, oh, that stands out to me. I want to incorporate that into my flow is no matter any number, no matter how large it is, is always going to be closer to zero than it is to infinity. Right. And mm -hmm. I believe poi in a lot of ways embodies that because there's an infinite number of things that we can do with poi. And I feel like that's one of the really uh, awesome things about what we do is, is there's always new things to learn. doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. If you are the, the best of the best or whatever, right. There's always going to be something that you don't know how to do. And there's always going to be something that other people are doing that you're, you're like, wow, that's awesome. I've never even thought about doing that before. So really speaks to, you know, the individual, um, you know, mindset of, of, uh, approach and, and the way that each of us approach our style in, in our own ways. And I feel like you get to a certain level where you're going to have a, a, a style that nobody else has your specific style. So it's, it's just great to see. Um, yeah. And thank you for bringing up that, that tree, because that, that's a really good visual visualization of, uh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what kind of tree are you? <laughs> Man, my um, my my tree, my it's funny. One more thing about the tree is because I once I I learned all these I learned all these like I was really into three D. I was really into weaves and manipulations and all these things. And then I got into contact boy, and contact boy dominated. You know all the things that I learned for the next several years, right? So it kind of. I branched off into a point where I wasn't learning any more like spinning patterns, but I was just learning more tosses and contact and incorporating them into a new style. And although I still had the building blocks of the flowers and the weaves and 3D and all this stuff that I kind of came up on, but it just gave me the tools to be expressive in the way that I really wanted to be, you know? 
Exactly, exactly. So maybe your tree looked like maybe someone else's tree in, initially in the beginning. So you <laughs> found that niche, and then that's when your tree started being weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, I, I developed this tree. in the desert, man. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I developed this taste for density and for me to always being like not wasting a beat. And I've talked about this again several times throughout the podcast, but I really try to stress the importance of creating a full style. And I mean full as in like, we are constantly throwing in new things and we're we're trying to uh flow between different things that we know how to do just simultaneously all the time right and i, I again one of the reasons that i love connor's style so much is because he really embodies that style of just mm -hmm. trying to have a full uh style in a lot of ways i mean very dynamic and incorporating a lot of different ideas throughout the entire just, uh, second he just absorbs poi information Dude, he really so, does. If you if you say something related to Poi near him, he has learned something new. <laughs> Dude, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so going, we'll kind of transition to a new subject. Um, who who are you, some of your favorite artists in the game right now? Like, and I'll give you a second to think about it if you have to. I know this is uh, kind of putting you on the spot right now, so take yeah. your time. Well, I mean, it's. It's always something to kind of have. There's always those people that you look forward to seeing their videos from. Um, the, the people that have already been mentioned, um, but Austin Witherspoon, I mean, he's not doing a lot, I guess, right now, but he meant Taking a, a little break. To me, um, to getting into the style that I like. And it's so funny because, you know, he's doing like wire wrappings and stuff, but dude, he's still got his flow. Like, he is still killing it. Dude, absolutely. Like Joey, you know, doing just a couple years of poi and then, you know, him having a really good mentor and stuff and yourself. Like, it's like Austin practicing all this poi and all this whack tech made him the creative jeweler that he is now. You know, it's, mm. it's so crazy. So, like, I've had a lot of respect for him as a person and his creativity and he's such a cool dude. So, yes, I love that you bring up Austin from him, even if he, you know, hasn't posted a video in a while. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that we go through times where we take breaks yeah. and he's never he's not going to stop spinning poi. I refuse to believe it. He's still on the grind. Okay. He <laughs> might be might be doing his his wire wrap stuff. And that's awesome. We we totally support him in doing that. But he refuse to believe that he has stopped spinning poi entirely because he, he has that love for it in the same way that we do so shout out to austin i'm very glad that you brought him up anybody so, else that screamed like is kind of in your your forefront of the mind that 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 you thought of so i guess new inspirations right now and this actually goes back to an old uh inspiration and it's a glow stringer but uh mm -hmm. hector garcia he, he was one of the first uh, glow stringers that I saw on a YouTube video. This was before Facebook and Instagram and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's where you got to see content back in the day. And he had this, like, I don't know, it was like a parking garage or something video. And he just blew so me cool. away with some of the whack tech that he did. And I feel like he's been posting more again recently. And he's actually reinvigorated me a lot to get back into some glow stringing style nice uh, him and dibs and aqua so i got to meet dibs and aqua at fire drums last year and they just i don't know i felt like i had been a glow stringer the whole time but i kind of had felt like i was you know a traitor for going to the poi <laughs> <laughs> but then they me 
And I was like, you know what? The roots still love me, so I've been I've been spinning some strings more these days. Nice. Well, and again, I mean, going back to the whole you know tree thing is, you know, yeah. you have these roots of glow stringing, so it's your style is inevitably going to look different than you know mine or whoever else because you have all these different influences throughout your your whole life and kind of the way that you incorporate um, these different styles. So yeah, uh, Hector Garcia, shout out to him. Hopefully y'all can find his page on Instagram. He has been posting more. I actually am familiar with this artist. Um, he's been killing it. So thank you for bringing him up as well. And it definitely pay, pays a homage to your beginnings in a lot of ways, for sure. I, I agree. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, I have a question for you. Actually. Yeah, sure. Please. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about me enough, so I'll put it on you for a moment. Um, I wanted to ask when you found out that you were really passionate about poem, what does it mean to you? I, I'd like to say we all can say it's like, oh, I fell in love with it the first time I spun or the first time I saw it. But when did it become true love, you know, and why? Like, what was the importance of it to you? Because you've been spinning forever. So there's no way you can been say you don't love it. <laughs> yeah, spin it for a long time. Um, you know, it really, it was one of the things when it, a lot of people know this about me, but it was my first love and passion. It was my first artistic outlet. It was one of the first hobbies that I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And I immediately felt drawn towards it in a lot of ways. But over the years, you know, because I started very young, but um, I I had a lot of time back then, you know, because where I was, again, I was a kid. So that was, I had a lot of time for this. And over the years, I really kept learning more, kept pursuing it, kept doing it in my off time. And uh, for the folks who have listened to all the episodes, you've, you've heard me say this before, but Poi was always there for me. And like all the hectic and, you know, bad times in my life, as well as the good times, it was always, you know, something that I could, all, I could always fall back on. It was always a stress reliever. It was something that I could push myself in. It was something that I could grow in and i want to say i mean if i had to really pick a time where it really became a different level of pursuit it was probably around 17 to 18 so i was probably like seven to eight years in at that point um but i really just i don't know it was just some, some something so different about it where there was so much room to grow right it was not um yeah, Joe, Joe is playing a fucking old ass video, dude. This is like <laughs> grainy as hell. But I think I was like, what, 17 in this video? I don't even know. But I was doing a lot of the same stuff that I still love to this day. I'm doing a lot of, uh, you know, like behind the back stuff, what I like the, the tech that I still do to this day. And, and I was a little dabbling into contact. I was not where I am now. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I think at some point in my life, I realized that, I can really do a lot with this and I want to take it to the next level. And I want to just, I've already spent so much time doing it. It's like, this is, I would be a fool for giving up on it now. Right? It? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I, I've been thinking about this the last couple of years, you know, I, I joined uh, flow and fire in 2021, you know, and that puts a little bit more of a light on you and it makes you want to post for people you know, when they appreciate you and give you the dopamine hit of, you know, saying, oh, that was an amazing video. You know, that stuff feels great. You know, that's not what it's always been about for me, but it feels good when that happens. Yes. 
So I was thinking about it, you know, it was like, when did I become really passionate? When did I fall in love with it? And what does it mean to me? And I realized, you know, I love the idea of doing the manipulation, the freestyle, the same kind of game that I'd been, that I'd enjoyed my life up to that point. But when I fell in love with it was when I realized that poi and like flow arts, object manipulation is a form of growth that is almost like a language that you can speak with your own body. Yes. You know, little things that you do in life, people don't congratulate you or give you kudos for. You know, sometimes I find myself not having the ability to go to the grocery store, buy myself food, and cook a meal. Right. You know? And sometimes I'm really proud when I can do that. Right. <laughs> you know, but no one's going to say, hey, good job. You made food today for yourself. I did too, actually. <laughs> so it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, oh. in work, in life, any little thing, like, you don't always get the kudos, but poi, the growth, learning a new little trick will instantaneously and always tell you that there is room to grow. There's always something more to grow from. And by the way, good job for doing that, dude. You know? Yeah. So I love that you brought that up because at some point, I didn't release videos for a long time, right? I didn't, I did not do it for that reason. You know, I did, I just didn't. So when I started releasing videos, I kind of had the idea of like, I've gained knowledge and inspiration from all these people that were releasing videos back then. And it would just be just, it would just be a shame if I didn't put out what I'm doing for other people now. Right. Cause I feel like I had gotten to a level that I'm like, okay, what I'm doing is just straight up really cool. And I have to be able to like put out videos for not only for myself, but for the people around me that really want to uh, learn the things that I'm doing or take inspirations from the things that I'm doing. So I felt obligated to start putting out videos because I had gotten to that level where I'm like, fuck dude, people, if you care about Poi and you love Poi in the same way that I do, check out what I'm doing, dog. This is, you know, a new <laughs> cool thing. I'm putting my own spin on it. So, and uh, just one more thing on the, on the whole like uh, kudos thing and, and, you know, getting praise and whatever, like, I have had so many moments throughout the years, specifically in the last couple of years where I've done something that I'm like, I finally fucking did it. Like I did it. And I have had moments in the studio by myself where I've done a pattern and I've literally become emotional and like cried because I'm like, I finally did what, <laughs> you know, I finally did it. I finally did it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter who sees it or who knows that I can do it. Like, it's for me, bro. Like, seriously, I, I'm yeah. very proud of myself. And it, it, you have to have that level of internal satisfaction and not relying on, you know, how many comments, how many likes, how many views the video gets, but like simply being proud of yourself for learning what you did. And if and you I, don't have, if you don't have that level of, uh, you know, confidence and, and that level of like praise for yourself, you know, it, that that's crucial. It's very crucial for, for you, you know? And I think that's what I want people to know is that flow is, is really great for yourself and it doesn't have to be for other people. Performing's great, teaching's great, but that doesn't have to be your career. It doesn't have to be your mentality. Making a new video doesn't have to be it. Improving yourself, being able to improve your own skills without having that camera on you, without being gratified through the, you know, mm -hmm. social social mm -hmm. endeavors can be really, really satisfying in its own. And it's, you know, there are some people out there that are experiencing mental health issues because they're putting too much 
I don't know if it's like hope or something that like because people like what they're doing that they want to make people happy online and you should you should focus about yourself focus on yourself focus on your prop on on your, your performance for yourself a little bit more than on other people and I just want people to know that you don't need somebody to see that video to be proud yeah for what you've yeah seen. and even over the last several years uh, that I have been actually on my content grind and I've been putting out videos. I've had a lot of different types of struggles than I used to have because back then it was just, again, it was just me. I didn't, wasn't fucking putting out videos and didn't care. I, nobody was seeing what I was doing other than my friends. So there was no pressure. There was no like social pressure to be doing different things all the time. But now I find myself when I'm recording a video nowadays, I'm like, okay, well I have to be doing new patterns, new things, new flow all the time, new things, you know, constantly. And it's been a lot of pressure for me. And I feel like I have to, it does, it does, it does, man. It does. And I, I have to approach my sessions with the idea of either I'm working on one specific thing I'm drilling or whatever, or I'm just going to flow and get into my uh, really creative state and then just the new things will come and not be worried about oh, I have to be doing a new video I have to be doing a, a new idea like it's just not it's just not good for for your relationship with poi in my opinion you really have to have that level of appreciation um aside from fucking social media and all that shit you have to just find <laughs> that space for yourself you know there are some people that were born to be in that environment and nothing against that because I entirely support them. But I just want some people that strive to do that to know that there are other things that you can do in life as a career that doing flow or flow arts or playing with a prop can be infinitely more productive for you. And rewarding. On Yeah, rewarding for you if you're not so worried about other what other people think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, dude, this has been such a good episode. I'm really glad that we were able to like get into all this, um, you know, personal development as well as people that we respect yeah. and artists that we look up to. Um, again, this has just been a, a great episode though. So I feel like you had a lot of, a lot of really good comparisons and a lot of really good Thanks, things to man. say. I appreciate your input and all the things that you had to say. Do you have anything to like close it out or wrap it up with anything else you wanted to say that we didn't cover? Man, uh, I just I appreciate you and the crew behind the camera, Joey. Joey. Everybody's been watching. Yo, throw some <laughs> comments on there, guys. Like, tell us. I mean, I know that I want to put like six comments on every video because I want to talk about <laughs> from the sidelines, you know. So, share your thoughts. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, really appreciate you, Levi. Um, give him a make sure to follow him on Instagram. Yeah, Joey's so quick with the tags, dog. Uh, give this man a shout out on Instagram. Give him a follow. Keep up with his content because even though you're not releasing videos like necessarily every week, uh, you're doing a lot of really unique shit that uh, I, I very much appreciate. And I love seeing your style and your take you. on poise. So, um, yeah, man, again, it's been great. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I think we can wrap it up. Uh, this has been a, a long and fulfilled episode. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, man. All right. Peace out, y'all. Have a good uh, week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next time, right? Love you all. Peace out, Levi.